Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi. My name is Jane. My name's Kurt. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch an episode of our favourite TV shows and then sit here and chat about them. And figure out why it is we love them. Yeah, why we like the things we like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do enjoy actually um, uh, challenging myself as I did actually this week a little bit because uh, this is not something that I kind I, I will say I was starting to be like, am I running out of shows? Am I running out of shows before we have our next season and a different theme? Come on. Um, and uh, thankfully, I got a lot of uh, notice from my brother uh, and uh, a bit of Oscar buzz or Emmy buzz, I suppose, that kind of directed me to this. And then a bit of binging session happened. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, lovely. Uh, so this is actually, we're, we're nearing the end of our whatever season, um, whatever season we're on, seven? 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 Yeah. Uh, and so we have just picked a couple of shows that we both like. Um, would you like to tell me what you made me watch this week, Kurt? Yes. This week I made you watch Killing Eve. I have to kill you. Indeed you did. Yes. I'm pretty sure the title card slanges? Changes ever so slightly uh, in because of where the blood drops from different points of the letter. Okay. Uh, it's just something you notice when you are binging, I suppose. Yeah. It's an extremely small detail, but like it's got a, like a big, giant, bold letters that cover up the entire screen. Yeah. And then you're just like, that's different. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. But I um I really enjoy this show and actually I think this is the favourite thing I've seen Sandra O oh in. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Do, Do you, you mean even better than her one cameo in Six Feet Under? Oh my gosh, I forgot about that with that horrible <laughs> wig. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That was weird. It was weird watching her like that, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was just a bit of fun. It was a very early piece of hers, for sure. <laughs> yes, that was before Grey's Anatomy, I do believe. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't, I must admit, I'm, I haven't seen a lot of Sandra O, oh, so yes, I guess <laughs> it's, it's high on the list. Yeah. I keep thinking I've seen her in other stuff, but I don't think I've seen the other stuff. Um, I feel like she played a teacher in something. I don't know, like something like a Mean Girls or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, would you like to tell me a little bit of uh, production history? So uh, Killing Eve is a British uh, spy thriller. Uh, so as we said before, uh, starring Sandra Oh and uh, newcomer Jodie Corner. Um, I do believe... 
Nope, that's coma. That's that's coma. It's an R and an N, yep. not an R and an N, Sam. But um, it's um something that I really got me into it was the fact that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was actually getting all of this um, buzz about her as a response of, you know, the second coming back season of Fleabag and the critical success of the first. And then I knew she was somehow attached to this show. And then I always saw in like uh, train stations or tram stations when this season was coming up, it was this big, very prominent um seductive kind of looking um spy thrill uh what would you call it like not a seductress like assassin kind of cat and mouse vibe yeah <laughs> that's that's a lot of words describing a picture but i, 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 mean, I mean, sure. like it does doesn't it it kind of gives off that effect yeah. i'm not sure if you know the exact picture that i'm referring to but nope <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen posters for killing eve then maybe you know what i'm talking about it doesn't sound like just a dribble um but uh what's interesting is that phoebe waller bridge is uh not uh you know, in this show, she was actually uh, one of the uh, creators behind it, uh, which is actually based off uh, the uh, novel series by Luke Jennings uh, called Villanelle. And I was like, oh, that's why they're forcing that in there. Um, because, um, you know, there's you're going to figure out information about her history and her, what her name actually is, but then they kind of get stuck on this calling her Villanelle anyway, uh, which I guess really uh, ties together uh, its origins and its roots. I'm not sure. I haven't read the book or anything like that. I, I'm not sure how, how closely um, based off it it is, um, but uh, it's um, it's a series uh, that is really fun because I thought I was kind of over uh, spy stuff. I really enjoyed the London Spy Netflix show, uh, which was just a short, uh, limited series, but it was brutal. It was like horrifying. There were some terrible things that I didn't really want to see. And all, the other reason why I clicked on it, because it was an LGBTQ whatever, um, like genre. And then I was like, oh, this is really lovely interaction happening between two people who struggle to connect. And he's so pretty. And then dead. And then it's just like the next six <laughs> episodes is just trying to figure out what happened. And he's basically being accused of like all this sort of stuff and this giant cover up. And it was very interesting, but it kind of just made me not want to watch spy stuff anymore because I was just like, horrible things happen in spy movies. Well, yes. I just forget how many people are killed in spy movies and stuff because when you have a silencer and they're just like all these extra unmasked or faceless men in the background it just really takes away the fact that it is multitude murders to carry mm -hmm. out an ultimate goal mm -hmm. uh, but of course uh this show is uh Interesting because it's based from both perspectives, both from the assassin uh, who is uh, being chased uh, by uh, Sandra O's oh's character, um, Eve. Um, and it's a very uh, interesting um, kind of um, cat and mouse um, kind of thing you've got going on. Okay, great. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, perhaps... What do we do next? I would like to, <laughs> sorry, it's actually been a few weeks since we recorded, so my brain's just kind of like trying to get back into it. You also may notice our audio quality is a little different today. Yes. Hopefully we'll treat it so that it's the same, but we're just in slightly different circumstances today. <gasps> uh, so I think next you should tell me what the uh, show context is. Yes. Um, so uh, I think uh, Jane kind of remembers, but not really watching the first episode some time ago. Yeah, I did. I, so I saw the first episode uh, probably not too long after it came out, there was so much hype about yeah. killing it when it came out. And I thought it would be right up your alley, um, you know, with, you know, very prominent female characters, central and lead. It doesn't necessarily mean that would be yeah. good, but I figured that the interactions is focused between these two characters and that you like the connection between 
female characters generally in terms yeah. of how they so build they and structure it. Have a connection. <laughs> anyway, look, we'll talk into that. There's, there's various um, reasons I didn't. It just didn't grab me. Basically, the first episode after it didn't grab me. I was kind of like, okay, I don't feel like I need to watch all this right now. I did figure I'd always get around to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those but, shows that you're like, oh, critically, it means like I should probably give this a red hot go. But it, I think it definitely suffers one of our main kind of rules in terms of the first episode can really um, not be the best entry point into a yeah. show, even though it's introducing you to the characters it takes a while to find its footing and find its tone you don't realize what you're in for until you know shock surprise this is the way we're going exactly uh so in that case you've given uh well first of all give us the yeah, show so, context um i gave her the third episode of the first season mm-hmm. um but uh the show context is basically the first episode um where eve philastri sandra O. Oh, is a member of MI5, uh, it's a security officer who mainly tackles with witness uh, safety and protection uh, and safe houses, hospital security, that sort of thing. She is fascinated by serial killers and easily gets obsessed with particular murders, uh, but isn't directly responsible for catching bad guys. She is married to Nico, who's a, oh my gosh, Nico. Sorry, I got completely distracted uh, about a different podcast I'll talk about another time. But she is <laughs> okay. married to Nico, who's a teacher and knows what his wife does, but also knows that she's not in too much danger in her current position. Uh, Bill has been Eve's boss for 10 years, and she's enjoyed working with her colleague, uh, Elena Felton for MI5, but longs for more. She has been cataloging reports and causes uh, again, sorry, cases that might be linked to an expert female assassin across the world as a hobby. Uh, and so the episode context leading up to the third episode, so everything that's happened in just the first two, I definitely felt like it was a bit of a two-parter pilot um, to kind of get the gist of what it was going to be. Um, to be honest, the, fir- the first episode is all set up, and then the second episode is really the beginning of how the show will be structured, or at least the first season. So... One day, uh, Bill, her friend, uh, brings her in on a meeting where she learns about an international assassin that is completely unknown and very good at what they do. Eve talks um, out of place to Carolyn Martins, a head of the Russian section of MI6, suggesting that they should be looking at for a female assassin since she was able to get so close to a male target without raising suspicion. After setting up uh, the only witness that they have for the murder with a private room in a hospital with multiple guards, Eve researches a lead behind her theory and returns to a hospital room with multiple dead bodies and the eliminated witness that Eve only had behind. While Eve and Bill are promptly fired for this turn of events, Carolyn Martyrs offers Eve a job. She can build her own team in a small dainty office to join with Kenny, an ex-hacker who was recruited by MI6 and is already on the trail of evidence that Eve herself was stockpiling to track down this nameless female assassin. She chose her old boss Bill and Elena to join Eve on this mission, and by combing through the CCTV footage um, with Kenny at the hospital, uh, they get their girl, but only in grainy uh, security footage. So Eve then realizes that she actually may have met Villanelle, which is the team's nickname uh, for the assassin, uh, at the hospital before the murders had happened in a simple scene where in the toilets, Villanelle told Eve that she looks better with her hair down, just as she was trying to put it back up. And then she just left. It was a very small, brief interaction. And that's the only time they actually interact in the first episode. (laughs) So it's a lot of teasing uh, these two characters coming together. We haven't learned much of Villanelle, but we have seen her walk about Paris in style, enjoying buying fancy clothes with her mastery of many languages and incredible manipulation, acting and weapon skills, though. 
She commits brutal yet incredibly strategic assassinations that are given to her by her handler. It's Constantine, but it's with a K, and that always makes me think it's going to be pronounced differently. Um, but with her, Villanelle seems to sort of act like a little girl around. Uh, we're not exactly sure of her age, but she's quite young. Um, she will easily threaten his life if she needs to. So this kind of friendship dynamic of a handler is, doesn't make any sense. Constantine just advised her that E. Palestri is a secret agent who is investigating her and also realized that herself that she met Eve that night in the hospital just before slaughtering the witnesses, uh, the witness, a nurse, and two guards. Right. Gosh, that was a bit of a struggle for me. I hope Jane's cut out some of that. Uh, I mean, I, w- <laughs> I, I will. Don't worry. I got you back. Thanks, Jane. Uh, okay, so I will give my little recap and then I will uh, listen, to listen to some reactions. Uh, that's a random quote. Okay. Um, <laughs> So this uh, recap's actually quite short. I found this really easy to just summarise. Okay. Interestingly enough. Eve describes the woman she saw in the bathroom in intense romantic detail to build a facial sketch. Meanwhile, Villanelle kills a Chinese colonel named Zhang Wu while posing as a fetish nurse using Eve's own name. Eve and Bill travel to Berlin to investigate the assassination, Eve having an awkward interaction with her husband because, as we later find out, they had a dinner party planned months in advance that she skipped out on. Uh, Villanelle tracks them, stealing Eve's luggage and using most of Eve's clothes to to begin a weird role play she's doing with a random American woman. Yeah. Eve and Bill talk to the attaché, Jin, about Zhang who insists that he died of natural causes, but takes quite a shine to Eve, promising to give her more information if they go to dinner together. Eve buys a new dress, and Bill helps her get ready. They talk in depth about Bill's sexuality and his relationship with his sort of partner slash co-parent. Basically his wife, but they didn't really know the relationship was not as traditional. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more co-parenting than wifing. Yeah. Um, at the train station on the way to dinner, Bill spies a woman wearing Eve's distinctive green scarf, Villanelle, Obby, preventing her from getting, and he prevents her from getting on the train and then tracks her through the streets to a nightclub. At dinner, Eve learns that Zhang and some other agents recently hacked the Chinese government and is given a USB with more information, but she's missed some calls from Bill. When she finally listens to the voicemails, she goes to find him at the club. But Villanelle sees Bill tracking her and stabs him a hell of a lot before Eve can get there, leaving him to die in a throng of dancing Germans. Yep. I really didn't want it to happen, but I could see it happening. I'm like, don't do it. Please don't. Bill, stop. But um, yeah, no, one of the reasons just off the bat um, uh, is that I like this episode so much is because that happened, even though I didn't want it to, I really liked Bill. Uh, and their dynamic was quite interesting, especially when it first started out, because he was originally her boss for 10 years, and now all of a sudden she was his boss. Um, oh, she his boss? Yeah, she, uh, she with the new Carolyn Martyrs team that she put together, she's in charge. She got to choose who she was putting in her team. Hmm. They're below her. <laughs> but it, they still, they work together as a team. Oh, so they seemed all pretty teamy. Nobody, yeah, nobody yeah. except for Caroline really seemed like she was Oh, it's charge. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's a bunch of misfits in secret agents companies kind of coming together or paper pushes, essentially. Yeah. Um, I will say, even though you don't get much of Kenny in this episode, he's actually become my favorite character. Oh, he seemed very sweet. I actually just looked him up because I thought I might have recognized him, but I don't. He's, okay. He's pretty much been in nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, good for him to be on a very critically uh, rewarding show. 
Um, uh, anyway, here are my reactions. Oh, right. Sorry. I got too excited. That's all right. I was like, <laughs> just chill out. <laughs> okay. Oh, someone's in love with the criminal she's pursuing. <laughs> huh. I like how amused he was. This seems like a very hyper-specific kink. Not for me, but, you know, everyone's got their thing. Ooh, a vigorous scrotal massage. Sure. Why do you insist on giving me things that are somewhere on the torture slash kink spectrum? Like it's just not, not really something that I love, you know? This is quite disturbing. Don't all chickens lay eggs out of their butts? Isn't that their whole deal? Ha, I knew it. Well, you're going to die now that you've just said that, obviously. Oh, well, we are taking this straight out of the realm of subtext and straight into the realm of literal text. Yes, he's annoyed. He's obviously annoyed. Bill knows a surprising amount about the specifics of BDSM. Perhaps he belongs on bonding after all. Oh, I like that dress. It's very nice. Great colour. Good cut. Also, I love that we have Simone slash uh, Nicole from Veronica Mars in another show. She's a delight and I love having her around. Kind of making her look like a dick for not, you know, being there when they could have just cancelled or rescheduled. I don't know. I don't like that move. Look, we've all been there, stuck doing something for work in another city. And all of a sudden, you needed to shave your legs and you didn't. You don't even have a razor on you. I feel it. Huh, I love that it's her underarms and not even her legs. I've definitely been there. I feel like we're learning a lot about Bill, which is sort of just lending credence to my whole he's definitely going to die thing. Honestly, Bill, tracking the international assassin through the streets of Berlin just doesn't really seem like the smartest idea. Maybe you should think twice before you start doing that. Do not follow her into that. No, don't follow her into the nightclub. Don't do it. It's a bad idea, Bill. Most generic dance music ever. It's literal ooch, 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 ooch. You're kind of out of place there, Bill. You know, easily spotted in a crowd in your trench coat and hat. Oh, she's seen you. Fucking get the fuck out of there. Don't delay, just run. Oh, that's a lot of stabs. It's a lot of stabs. Although you did kind of all seem kind of upper chest. Oh, I guess if you get the esophagus or the, the windpipe. It's a lot of stabs, but a very little knife. I don't know. Maybe you could survive that. I don't know he deserves to after, like, literally being the most obvious tracker. Oh, it's just so dumb. I mean, it's sad. I'm sad. Eve's sad. But also, why? Why did he do that? Jeez, you're a bit harsh on Bill towards the end there. I mean, like... 
Sandra O oh is giving a heart-wrenching performance right at the end where her friend dies, but it was, the episode just guided you to that conclusion. So no, well. I mean, don't get me wrong, all of those performances were great, but he was being fucking stupid. Yeah. Why? He said I didn't want to lose her because this is that what they're doing. They're trying yeah, to find but, her. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I was saying was, the same things you were saying, like my little interlude before your reactions. I was so excited hearing that because I was like, oh, yes, we're saying the same thing. We actually did see it coming for once. Sometimes I don't see these things coming on the podcast and Jane is a lot more perceptive than me. I didn't realise until on my second watching that he actually said that daddy's going to die, isn't he? And I was like, surely that's not foreshadowing. I thought that was red herring. You know, I thought they were saying, oh, he's going to die. No, well, I was. I would have been you know, kind of happier if it had been a oh, red hanger. And I kind of hoped, that, I was kind of like, either they're going to pull out of this and it's going to be fine, or they're going to go straight to the most obvious route, which is let's, you know, let's have him say he's going to die. Let's like specifically develop his character in this episode so that we feel more sympathy when he does die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I didn't feel that much sympathy because I was like, why are you tracking this woman through the streets when you know she's an assassin? Yeah, who's very good at her he's job. very good at her job. <laughs> and she didn't and do it the best way this time around. But the thing is, that's the thing. She doesn't necessarily do things the best way. She seems to genuinely enjoy killing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, otherwise she wouldn't need to do the whole fetish nurse. She wouldn't have need to have gone as far with the fetish nurse as she No, had. no, yeah, because she already got him in a vulnerable uh, state. Like, she does seem to, in the assassins that I've seen, um, she does seem to always pick very uh, intimate and vulnerable times. So, mm. like, you know, kids' birthday parties is or things like that, and, and where she can easily um, access someone when they're at their weakest. Um, but then she takes it a few steps further or terrorizes the child or, you know, yeah. crunches his nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it, the whole, that whole thing made me feel just so annoyed. Mm. I was just so annoyed. And even the part where, and I rewatched it this morning because it's been a couple of weeks yeah, since we yeah, were supposed yeah, to yeah. record. Um, and even I noticed when he calls e uh, yeah, Eve on the phone and it's like, hey, I'm tracking this woman. Then he's like, can you call Weber for me? Yeah. Like, as in the his friend, his German friend, like, to to help out with this? Yeah. And I was like, why don't you just call Weber? Oh. Like, oh, well, no. But why would you do any of this without backup? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. Like, Weber's your friend. <laughs> why are you going, hey, Eve, call Weber. I'm tracking, a, I'm tracking Maybe an assassin. Maybe he thought he was looking suspicious being on the phone. I don't know. Okay, we're, we're getting caught up in, in a few little bits, and let's maybe bring it out of Bill uh, for the episode so far. I mean, the episode's Is about Bill. Bill. <laughs> but sure, okay. If we can all establish that that was dumb and made it really hard to feel sympathy for him dying because it was literally his own fault. Not his own fault. I mean, obviously she killed him. But, you know, I don't mean to victim blame here. <laughs> yeah. But he was acting very stupidly and could have very easily avoided being killed. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess the, the situation is that he's probably an older agent who is out of practice and shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. And yes, he probably shouldn't like, this is the th the the thing that raises the stakes for the entire team in the next episode. Uh, you know, they're one member less mm -hmm. and uh, how it feels to actually kind of, um, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, actually feel the weight of deaths. Um, and so it wasn't just a, a factor of um, Bill, even as I mentioned in the assassins, because uh, Villanelle is picking these intimate scenarios. You know, you you have these even the uh, the general of whatever his name was, the the um, person who she killed. Um, he, he was sweet and kind to 
someone else who is nervous in, mm. in, in the waiting room for yeah. this kind of section or, you know, when you're at, a, you know, some sort of UN dignitaries kids birthday party. And so you, they already are really amping up the thing of, oh, these are actual people. Yeah. And then they die. Yeah. And we make you watch them die. Sure. But it's I don't I never really felt anything for other characters before when people are often killing people or famous assassins yeah. and that sort of thing. And so this just really amped up that feeling for me. And yes, I was annoyed because I was just starting to like Bill and not because of uh, the introduction of, you know, his sexuality, um, but because I started really liking him at the end of the previous episode when there was an interesting dynamic between Eve and Bill when the boss uh, underling, I don't know what's underneath that, boss employee, employee-employer uh, relationship swapped. Sure. Um, and uh, they just know each other. And, yeah. you know, it's it's the, the way they acted around each other is kind of like an old married couple, actually. But they're like that's when they have that initial moment of, you know, did you ever think about me? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, no. So I, I will say that, like, um, uh, I had no idea where this was going in terms of uh, the relationship between Eve and Villanelle and the cat and mouse game in terms of the meeting. They do meet in episode four, uh-huh. <laughs> actually meet. Um, and from then there's, there's less uh, teasing and anticipation. Um, but it is um, actually... But uh, it's actually um, the relationships between Eve and her husband or how that happens in terms of a work-life struggle or in terms of how she is around her teammates. It's, I like it's the, the fact that the romantic lead is not any main interest in this. It's just more basic level relationships between these people in an office. And I really like it. I did never thought I could feel so much for like the office kind of dynamic because I never really like office things. I never even got into Parks and Rec. I mean... Uh, Parks Rec is another story. Sorry. You still haven't gotten to the good stuff. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, the the strength of an office team is not got anything to do with the fact that they're an office. It's always got to do with just the dynamics between characters. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. And, and kind of establishing, you know, strong friendships or whether it's a, it's a uh, found family type vibe or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I think that that, I think that that has a lot of potential to kind of, build a very strong dynamic is something that's really interesting to watch. Um, I think taking them out of the office environment, right, the yeah, team yeah, environment you, you may have been a little bit detrimental to me this time. Yeah, yeah, you, you um, wouldn't have really gotten much of that because I was like, oh, there's not a lot of Kenny in this, but I really like Bill, but Bill's only in the first three episodes. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and that's okay because I, I understand why you chose it. It's just a shame that having had that so, so obviously foreshadowed right in the beginning mm. meant that I didn't really allow myself to become close to Bill because I was oh, like... Oh, so you were just like getting ready for him to die. So I was, I like, was getting ready for him to die the whole time mm-hmm. and every single time they added another element of detail to his character or added an extra, you know, thing that would have made him really interesting, I was like, I know, I can see what you're doing. Yeah, it's another it was, nail in the coffin. It's another nail in the coffin. It's another like, see, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. We like him. He's interesting. He's, you know, he's got a, he's got an interesting past or his, you know, his work situation, his life situation is a little bit different than you expect it to be. Yeah. Um, the whole time I was like, I can see that you're just using him as a writing tool. Yeah. And I think that that was just, it was just too obvious for me. Yeah, I guess because I watched it, in succession, like one, two, and three together. I think I stopped after this. I was like, I need a break. Um, but it was, um, it, I 
because Bill was already quite involved. It's yeah. not like in episode uh, one and two, he barely has anything no, in no, there. No, no, I know. And, and yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. him from episode one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like, so, and... like, you know, the people who get the most airtime in the first three episodes is Bill and Eve, yeah. uh, aside from Villanelle, obviously. Um, and it, so I was, was, was not following that line as closely as you, um, because while I did see, oh, this is a writing tool, you could just set him up to kill him. But I wasn't like, oh, they're probably, they're probably not doing that because they've already been giving me details about his life at about this level each episode. Yeah. Um, so while I was hoping he wasn't going to die and I could see that that would be an obvious writing tool, I was like, I'm not really sure what the tone of this show is yet. Yeah. Um, so, and it wasn't until really like, this episode and the next episode and the episode after is where, cause the show kind of shifts a little bit in like the eight or nine episodes, I think it is of the first season, you know, you have like a whole dynamic of what a job is. And then it's now completely changed in the second episode. You've got a team that she's created in the first, uh, in the first, it's the second and third episode. And now one of those members has just been killed and everyone feels the weight of the situation. It's not like, Oh, it's fun putting pins on the wall. We're tracking a serial killer, you know, cause these are the people who, are, you know, probably listen to podcasts like my favorite murder, you know, they, they, are, she's genuinely interested in this sort of thing. Uh, and it's a strange kind of addiction for her. Um, but I, I was never really too interested in that. Um, that's a whole longer structure in terms of the, how the dynamic between Villanelle and her, uh, continues to evolve. But I, um, I definitely did, uh, maybe make a bit of a mistake because, I was trying to pick the episode that carried the emotional weight of why I started liking this kind of show mm -hmm. again, yeah. instead of picking the reason why I have been liking the show, <laughs> I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't good stuff in this episode. I think that it's more or less pretty well written, aside from, obviously, as I said, this particular part of it was very, very, very heavily over-foreshadowed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, and I seem to recall, I enjoyed the dynamic previously between Eve and Elena. Elena, thank you. Uh, you know, I think that that's quite fun. I enjoyed the little bit of Kenny that we got. I'm, I don't get attached. Elena probably got on a show uh, like The Good Place or something, and she disappears um, after two episodes. Devo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's not dead though. She doesn't get killed. She doesn't get killed, but she she does disappear from the from the, from the cast. Show. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's a shame as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's I I still have yet for this show to grab me, and I really don't know what the problem is. Yeah, I think. I think to get this show to get into it, you've got to watch it in order. Actually, I really do, and and it's un it's unfortunate that I think that the reason why I because I, I wasn't sure if I liked the show at this point. Uh -huh. I think it was in the next episode and the episode after. But the thing is, the next episode is again a bit of a two parter, so I didn't want to give you the next episode yeah. without you know getting the resolution to it. Because I definitely know if you're setting something up in an episodic structure and you don't resolve everything you've been building and you're going to do it all in the next episode, that's not going to be satisfying for you. No, you know that I'm not <laughs> going to be happy about that, particularly if I'm asked to watch it in isolation. Yes, yes, yes. which is you know what we do. Um, but uh, so I, I kind of was cornered into a box because I still want you to watch the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had the same problem last week with haunting right yes yes um, yes with the same thing where i was like i really wanted to give you episode five and six but i couldn't because uh, because of things <laughs> so you know i had to give you episode three which was the closest too so i totally get it i think one thing that i'm kind of struggling with is a little bit of not getting the hype yeah oh yeah I, I i actually still don't get it i still don't get why 
mm-hmm. it's been so praised. I, I think have- I think I might get more from Fleabag. Yeah. Um, then I, I will from this. I had a, a conversation with um, with my housemate, with mm. a couple other friends of mine, kind of about it, just to try and work out. And I mean, my housemate kind of was like, "It's great, you know, all of the main characters are women, and they're so kick ass, but they've got real depth to them, and blah blah blah, and all this kind of stuff." And my other friend was kind of like, "I really like the um, the dialogue and how like." witty and quick pace the dialogue is and that kind of thing and and i was kind of going like i don't disagree with any of your points but they're not amazing no i think it's not even that they're not amazing i think the thing is it's got all of these great points that i often see in my tv shows but my tv shows aren't prestige tv shows oh like okay i don't like a lot of prestige drama you don't like break down prestige for me a little bit more prestige drama is um, stereotypical, your HBO, your AMC. Right, your usually Downton like, Abbey's. Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of Downton Abbey, your Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, we're, we're actually Even like, on... uh, you know, is it called Sharp Creatures? Sharp ob- sharp Object? Uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You, you, got, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> with, um, with, uh, oh my God. <laughs> Not Isla Fisher, the one that looks like Isla Fisher. Who's, Pamela, more, fam- who's more famous? Amy... Uh, Amy Amy Adams? Yeah, yeah. Red hair? Amy no, I didn't Adams? know she was in a TV show. She's in a TV show. Anyway, it's <laughs> it's supposedly really, really amazing. It's these really like, you know, they're they're heavy dramas. They're usually quite um intense and mm. go oh, through a lot of yeah. darkness. I'm remembering the poster for the TV show now, but I have no idea what it's called. Yeah, I think it's called <laughs> Sharp Objects. Um it's like it's a Gillian Flynn novel. Right. Anyway, it's that kind of a TV show that is um, you know, kind of considered to be really, really high quality and not a lot of them have female leads in, yeah. in in kind of primary roles or complex female leads in primary roles and not a lot of them have sharp, witty dialogue. It's more like super hyper-realistic dialogue or just like really intense, long, quiet scenes and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think what I'm getting here is that I'm seeing a lot of the elements in this TV show that I would normally see anyway so they those things in themselves aren't enough to grab me. Um and as opposed to other people who maybe uh like a, a prestige drama and feel that this is really new and different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't feel that new and different to me. No, it's not. I think you're right. I think uh, a bit of the hype um is uh because it's got female attention. Yeah. And just in these kind of high budget shows that are on these big major networks and that are like at the forefront of all the advertising, um, that isn't normally That's the case. Where common. you you and I have been like seeking out the kind of shows that we enjoy that have these kind of things yeah. and have been doing so for maybe 10, 20 years. Well, yeah, I won't watch anything that doesn't have, <laughs> you know, some female characters with know, depth. Quite a few, yeah, main female characters with all of depth. Um, <laughs> and some good dialogue. And good witty dialogue. Like that's what I enjoy generally. So yeah. I'm like, those things on their own aren't enough to grab me. And I get why they are so important. And also I cannot underplay the importance of having a, a female lead of colour. Yes, um, yes, Which yes. is really, really rare. And um, that it isn't central to the character. It doesn't, like, shift her completely, but she's also connected to her husband's heritage in a little bit different ways that you won't, you haven't seen or whatever else. But it's just, it's just... It's just nice when it doesn't, it's it's not a big deal. Like if the central character was yeah. gay, it's not a big deal. We don't have yeah. to make a scene about it. Yeah. And and I, I even read an interview with Sandra O oh when the show first came out, which was basically about when she first received the script. 
Was it Sharp Objects. Sharp it was Sharp Objects. Yeah, that's what I thought. I have no idea what that show is. Um, I don't I, Never I, mind. Never I, mind. I might watch it at some point. Anyway, um, I read this interview with Sandra Oh when the show first came out, which was basically that her agent sent her the script. And she read the whole script. And she was like, this is a great script. What part am I expected for? Oh, right, because either female. Well, yeah, because she was like, I don't, she was waiting to see the best friend role that she would be considered for. She was expecting that. Yeah, she was expecting, she doesn't get cast as leads because she's a person of colour. Yes, yes, and yeah, no, you're right, yeah, you're right, you know, you're right, you yeah. may, you know, and casts are getting more diverse and more and more diverse, but it's still rare to have your main lead yes, as a person be, of yeah, colour. Yeah, very true. And I think that true. that's, and unless it is a show that is, you know, something like Blackish or something that is actually designed around that, which has its own place as yes, well and yes. is very important yes. as well. But in this case, she was like, I mean, she was shocked to learn that they were seeing people of all different um, ethnicities. ethnicities and backgrounds and all kinds of things for this part because she was like, I'm not used to being put forward for these roles. I'm glad she um, got it, though, because I honestly enjoy the subtleties of her acting. I, I do think that you probably don't see them you weren't introduced to it the best way in the way that she was very romantically describing the uh, physical description of it, um, because that's even a surprise to her, I think, as she's saying mm. it. And the, the thing that honestly uh, did turn me off the show, and this is something I'm working on myself through, um, uh, but we've talked about it before, um, the fact that um, just because uh, the characters are gay, um, uh, for example, a, a female um, who is a homosexual, uh, doesn't mean I'm going to relate Sorry, to... Sorry, homosexual. <laughs> she's so formal. A female who is homosexual. Well, I, I've been around people before who can't say the G word, so they or the H word, and they just said interested in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's uh, I don't, I'm not necessarily going to relate to that character, and I like to get characters that I can relate to because it's a completely different experience, and, you know, um, and uh, different uh, things that I don't identify with. But it's also like, hey, maybe I should understand what they do go through and figure that out and understand that a bit more. And so when I saw these posters and, and Sandra O oh being a part of it, because, um, you know, her profile has been quite um, big for a little while just because of things like Grey's Anatomy and other um, sponsorships and things that she's been a part of. Uh, I remember after I got Jane to watch this, I just started seeing all of her on the Canadian airline ads. And I really like them. They're quite cute and fun. Um, but uh, it's just... I completely forgot what my point was. I can't remember. Something about the subtleties in her acting. Oh, yeah. And so it's just very over the top the way that... Uh, oh, no, I know where I was going. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be a um, lesbian dynamic of two females interested in each other, which is cool. Go for it. But I was like, I don't, I'm not interested in women, so I'm not sure how much I'd relate to this character if I would really enjoy the show. Um, but then I'm like, but I don't know what this dynamic is between Eve and uh, the Villanelle because Eve is married to a man. Um, you know, and she doesn't seem interested in the opposite sex. Oh, sorry, in the same sex. Um, but E, uh, Villanelle, gosh, it's, I hate that they both have V's in their names, um, is, you know, getting her to dress up in Eve's clothing and uh, picking up uh, some single mum or something. And so clearly um, we have, we do find out about um, Villanelle's sexual identity um, and orientation, but um, it's just... I just didn't, I never really knew what was going to happen. And I'm surprised the teasing of uh, these two characters not meeting and pulling away and putting back together, how it left me wanting more, but I wasn't unsatisfied. Um, I do, I was unsatisfied in the first episode, but also it was on stand. So I was like, I can watch the next episode, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do. I have, I mean, a lot has been said 
in articles that I have read to varying degrees because I, in some ways I was reading stuff being like, ah, uh, I don't care if I get spoiled, I'll read some articles. Yeah, right, right. And then, and also I'm like, you know, an active Tumblr user, so, you know. You're going to get shipping. I got, not so much shipping, but just, you know, I got lots of, you know, gifts and things at the time when it first came out. Like, mm. lots of the people that I follow were um, were posting about it. And so I know that there's, um, that, you know, whether or not the the relationship relationship is canonically romantic or not mm, no. or if it's just kind of a single-minded obsession with one another yeah, yeah. or you know what that is i know that that's kind of at least in the first season was largely a big question mark yeah but also a lot of people were quite happy with the fact that it was a question mark yeah, yeah. Um, which is unusual because usually uh, i see in the fandom um people saying stuff like you know just make them gay you cowards yeah that kind of stuff yeah yeah um, this didn't this didn't feel like queer baiting to me yeah this, this was a curiosity and the thing is you're kind of experiencing the curiosity yourself by not getting all the answers right away. And normally, you know, I don't like mystery box um, writing tools, you know, like J.J. Abrams did in the first Star Wars movie. You know, I don't like it or lost, you know, like just creating so many questions that you don't even know what the answers are. Um, but creating questions, not giving you the answers deliberately so you feel the same amount of tension that the central characters are, that's where I kind of hovered around uh, when I was watching the show. And so that's why I think that people haven't been pissed off about it. And also, I guess, because um, you, you do see um, Eve with other women. So it's not like we're not showing you... Um, you know, same-sex um, kissing or, or, or action on Eve? screen. Villanelle. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. No, Villanelle. See, Villanelle. I just can't get those two Vs around the wrong way. I want to call her by actual name, but no. The, the character's actual name? No, the, yeah, the character's actual name. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I, that's completely fair. Because I think that this is, this is a show that isolated. Um, I'm surprised that Haunting went as well as it did, actually, for an isolated episode. But I guess it does have that kind of, Back and forth. I and mean, but they they were also very much the first four, five episodes of Haunting like that. were designed to be very isolated and they were about, you know, one singular character, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that, um, that particular structure is designed to, to do that for the first half of the season. Mm. This one's not. No. Um, and... I, I don't. I didn't actually, having said that, have that big of a problem with the structure of the episode. Mm. I do feel like the central narrative of um, investigating the death of the of the guy mm. um, through the attaché gin and oh, the yeah. idea of being in the same city as Villanelle and and her tracking them and that coming to some sort of a head. Structurally, the episode was fine. I didn't have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I think it. Um, it built it built the tension up, you know. Even as I was saying, they're going like, "Oh, you fucking moron! Don't chase her shoot through yeah, the streets." Yeah, yeah. I did feel the sense of 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 um, tension. Yeah. Um, and when he when she turned to look at him, and you see, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm pretty sure she knew the whole time she was being. Oh tracked, yeah yeah yeah. But it, I I felt his sense of dread in the moment when she turned around and saw him, and he was like, 
oh shit. Oh, I fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not a complete idiot. He knows when he's made a mistake. Yeah, he knows when he's fucked. Um, but I do think that like it is uh, quite interesting that, you know, you've got this element of the fact that, you know, you're, you're reestablishing the friendship between the two of them. Uh, the, it's like that god awful scarf that you got for me. You know, I did you a favor <laughs> by losing the luggage. Um, and then him seeing that scarf, I think a sense of, um, uh, what's the word? Kind of like defense of my friend kind of thing took over a little bit. Yeah, sure. He um, was he, he suddenly took over. Uh, he suddenly felt very protective. That's the word. Thank you. Absolutely. Because he, he knows that there's possibly something going on here. Um, and uh, and the, the subsequent episodes all, you know, lead to that head. Um, so I, I do understand maybe a little bit of that kind of protection, nurturing thing. You know, he's an, he's a new father. Maybe that kind of thing starts kicking in, but again, yes, it is so stupid dude. Yeah, just get back true. up. Just get back up. Yeah. You're, 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 you've got sexual history and friends with, you know, a, yeah. a police officer. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's one thing that does annoy me is you spend the whole episode establishing just how well connected he is in this particular city. And then you don't. And then he kind of is, uh, tricked by the city by one chick not tricked exactly but you know yeah yeah and then and then he doesn't he doesn't call in any of those connections when he actually needs them yeah um so yeah anyway that's fine it it's it's all fine i don't hate it i just i just wish it grabbed me a little bit more and i don't know if it's just that i don't so much feel i think what i really want is a little bit more passion from Eve about wanting to find this person. I think at the moment she's still seeming quite detached. Yeah. And maybe that will come from this, um, this thing, but I think I needed to, to just see a spark of like, not just I'm interested in, in this woman as a woman, but I'm also interested in this woman as a criminal or how a mind works. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There was just something about that where I'm just kind of like, I don't feel a really strong driving force from my protagonist. It's one-sided. The driving passion force is on Villanelle's side. Yeah. But you're not seeing it yet from Eve. Exactly. And it's still the third episode. Yeah, exactly. I think that's probably what it is. And Eve being the protagonist is the person with we want through to see whom the I'm experiencing this whole thing. Yeah. Um, Villanelle is, is, to use Eve's own word, completely inaccessible. We don't know what she's thinking. We don't know don't really know, know what she's feeling. Yeah. We don't know her history. We don't. She she's doesn't, so good at acting. You don't, you don't really know what she's doing. But I mean, it's, it's by no, design. I, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She, it's not so much that I, she's acting all the time, but she's kind of a blank slate unless she is. She has a purpose. She is speaking to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Every other time she's completely stone faced, just focused. Mm. Um, and and that makes her interesting, but also inaccessible. I can't experience what she's experiencing. So she's, by not she's having, a bit of a question mark. You can't really relate to a question mark. Totally. Yeah. And so by not having a really strong in to this central conflict of the series, which is who is this person doing? Well, to me at the moment it seems to be who is doing this? Who is she? Why is she? And and what is it about her? I don't feel that from Eve mm. and that makes it really hard to yeah. get into the show. Um, I would suggest giving the next episode a go. Mm. Um, I mean, I probably need to go back and watch the first two anyway, before I do that. You could skip it, but I mean like, yeah, if, if you want to give Bill any sort of enjoyment, <laughs> but uh, ultimately, um, it, you know, 
it, the obsession becomes more apparent after this because she's like, after the funeral, she needs to find her. She needs to do something. Her friend of 10 years is now dead. Mm. This is no longer just a case. It's personal. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, the, the curiosities and question marks still keep coming. It's like, wait, what would you do if you even find her? You, do, you really want to know how her mind works and things like that. And so, yes, those kind of uh, that amount of passion, it's too much of a gamble. I'm surprised this show has actually done well that by the fourth episode, um, is when you really get that fired up passion, which we'd normally get by the end of the first for a central character. I mean, again, the the streaming of it all helps. Yeah, I suppose. You know, the yeah. streaming of it all means that most people will give it, you know, two to three episodes at least, even up to four, before they tune out. Mm. I just didn't this time. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And, and, and maybe, I think that's fair. And yeah. I think, you know, I'm sure if I were, you know, really bored and I felt, but again, because it feels like prestige drama to me, I very rarely want to just put prestige drama on. Yeah, they're longer too. They're longer. They're, they're like, that's a little bit like six minutes longer. They lead into the 50 minute mark for the TV hour movies. And sometimes there's a lot of quiet. Yeah. Because they focus on the cinematography it's... so much. And that's, but it's a really annoying thing I, I don't like about prestige movies. Those, you know, films. You know, <laughs> not movies, films. Films. Uh, that are just so long. But honestly, I feel like the script is just 20 pages. And uh, like, don't get me wrong, Dallas Buyers Club is a fantastic story and a part of uh, history. And Jared Leto actually did do an amazing performance, probably his best <laughs> that he'll ever do um, in that movie. But he was boring. <laughs> he was so boring. Oh, oh, yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's something that w you and I, I think, um, do relate to. While we don't necessarily watch the exact same kind of shows, we do kind of aim, I guess, the same around the budget mark of the shows. I mean, it's but it's not because of budget. It's no. just because of what people seem to consider worthy of budget. Yeah, which is less less of a gamble generally. Oh, oh no! No, it's got nothing to do with gamble. It's just that they want. They want something that's like really hard hitting and um, it's gonna change intense you know? yeah. and, and and you know here's you know he's an antihero who's like so complex that they are inscrutable mm. and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it yeah, just doesn't yeah. Appeal to me. Yeah, no, that's that's why I couldn't get into Breaking Bad. And like you know the um the Netflix film sequel came out recently. You talked to my brother about that because he's someone who adored Breaking Bad and is still going on about Better Call Saul, Paul, whatever his name is. Saul. Thanks. Not that um, I've seen it, but I do know it's called Better Call Saul. Um, he actually, uh, for a dare or something, uh, for one of his mates getting married, he uh, shaved his head completely and left on the goatee uh, for the finale of Breaking Bad and got his ID, his license for the next four years taken with that. Okay. Yeah, he liked that show way too much. Uh, but I never got into it. It was that kind of prestige, long, kind of intense, quiet, and nothing really that interesting or different that I haven't seen in other television shows before with less of a budget that grabbed me. Yeah. It just never grabbed me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, the characters are acting well, but I don't really... You're right. The passion kind of wasn't there. And and uh, as I mentioned before, I didn't actually get into this show until the next episode. But then the next episode is one part of a two-part. I, yeah, I yeah. feel like this 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 show operates on kind of like a two, three-episode plot arc. Yeah. Where it doesn't fully wrap the things up in one go because they want to show you multiple steps to get there. They don't want to yeah. rush through a situation yeah. like as an assassination. It's not as simple as just her shooting a person across from a building. You know, they want to establish 
how she kills, why she kills, and is she well, enjoying why she kills? Do we know why she kills? Not necessarily. Oh, we don't know maybe why she enjoys killing. We don't know her history. It's money. She has money. Like it's her job. Right. She's got a hand. You mean like more like why why she's been hired for the job? Yes, yes. I like see. and you know the the whole Russian MI six organization. The reason why Carolyn Ma- Ma- Martins or Matins, whatever, is interested in this assassin is because she seems to be targeting specific people. And so, who is the higher up who is arranging her? These are very powerful people from across the world. There's the greater mystery, but that's. Uh, I barely understood any of it by the end of the first season. It still was a. It was not about them. It, that big, like scary, you know, figure that you don't really know who they are that you're chasing. That's not what it's about. It's about the connection between Eve and um, Villanelle. It's the obsession, and you don't really see it on Eve's side. You're right, completely until like episode four and five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Can you tell me why, in one sentence-ish, you like this show? I like this show because it takes the time to remind you of the impact of death. Um, I know there are a lot of other dark comedies that can do this, but it does it in a simple, quiet, but often brutal way that I think is honest in a dark world that we live in. Okay. I did not say that at all in this episode. No? No. Okay. I didn't, there was, there was not much in this about the reality of death. I feel like Shang's death was treated as a joke. Um, I feel like, I feel like, you know, we did obviously ratchet to um, a major death at the end, but as I've said, it was so stupidly done that I didn't feel a lot for it. Mm. Um, so maybe that is, as you say, something, what, the reason you love the show but that particular reason is coming. Yeah, it's it, not actually in it this wasn't, episode. It wasn't here at all. So that's why watching this hasn't um, hasn't given me a lot of reason to give it more than one eye. That being said, I'll probably give it two because, again, I feel like I probably will get around to it oh. and I probably will watch it. But do you want to give, if we're basing it off the episode, just give it one eye. Oh, I've talked you around to a two-eye on occasion because I've made you intrigued about the rest of the show. Oh, yeah, and then I was like, you know what, actually, because wasn't that Roswell? Uh, I think, yeah, at least Roswell, also possibly haunting. Like, there's been a couple <laughs> shows where I've talked you up from a one or a two. Um, so you're, you're, you're paying one back, are I'm you? kind of paying one back um, because, yeah. And because the epi- you've got friends who have quite enjoyed the show as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, and a lot of people whose opinion I really trust have really enjoyed this show. <laughs> Um, so I'm sure that there's something in there that will get me. I just... You didn't see it. I just didn't see yeah. it. I haven't seen it in episode one. I haven't seen it in episode three. It's not really an episode I guess two. maybe I'll, I'll, I'll watch episode two for the sake of continuity and then I'll, I'll maybe give four a go and if I can't get it... Oh yeah, no, no, stop. So I, I don't want you to, to not watch... The thing is, it's not unenjoyable. It's just not something... There's other things you would rather watch. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. We're not saying that this is a bad show. No, I'm not all. saying that at all. I'm just saying... <laughs> I, I, I'd like for there to be something to grab me. And the thing is, I spoke to like one of my friends who I was like, why did this show grab you? And she was saying that like she was grabbed from the moment in the first episode 
with Elena and Eve eating the croissant together. Oh, that's a really nice moment. It's a really nice moment. But also that's something that's not part of even much of season one. No, but she was like, but that that showed me like. Oh, the the way they. You know, this is, you know, it's a a clever show. It's really funny. It's got those bits that she really likes. And that was enough for her to grab her. Mm, The little moments. She was interested. Yeah, I like those moments. And and yeah, those moments are nice, but they're not enough to make me watch a show. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I was watching the first episode. I saw those little moments. And after that, Bill has this moment of almost reprimanding her for being late. Um, you know, they're being called in on a Saturday morning. This is the first time she meets Carolyn Martins or whatever. And um, it's like, oh, you're like, what did you do? Get it? It's like, can I have that? It's like, no. And they're like, they just have this playful thing around each other. The, the way that a boss and an employee shouldn't really act in somewhere like MI5, but they're just people, you know, they're paper pushers yeah. um, for security detail. And so I was like, okay. And then it turned into this other thing. And I was like, wait, what's going on? And then the show changes a little bit again after Bill's death. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, I didn't know where the show was going. Yeah. I just knew it was headed. It was just pushing and pushing Eve and Villanelle together. Mm. But I didn't know how that was going to happen because the scenario around why they were chasing or looking for each other just kept changing. Yeah. Uh, throughout the first season. Uh, that's okay. It's, you know, an evolving kind which of. Which is interesting. Yeah. It's, that's fine. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I didn't realize how much that I, I do enjoy settling into a routine, like kind of like knowing a little bit yeah. what I'm in for. Um, you know, you don't want a show to be 100% unpredictable. You want a little bit of familiarity. Yeah, you want to be able to settle in for a while. It's like if they just keep killing your characters and you're kind of like, <laughs> well, why am I here? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, Bill's the only member of the team who really dies, at least in the first season, yeah. that I can remember. Yeah. I mean, I think they might bring in someone to replace Bill really quickly, and that's really uncomfortable and awkward, but Karen's like, we're still going to find him. Right? You can stop spoiling things for me now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to give it... Oh, a- I honestly can't remember. I might be making that up. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to give it a two, partially for the hype and partially for... No, mostly for the hype, really. Because <laughs> um, I, I will. I will watch those other episodes. Maybe not right away, but I will watch those other episodes and give it another chance to grab me because I do think that there probably are things in here that I will really like. And I think... You- I feel like as the relationship or the the tension between Eve and Villanelle grows, I think that I will find that more intriguing. Yeah. Um, I think when you see Eve's motivation shift... Yeah. That, that will give you... A decision of if you're going to like this character. Yeah. 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 Of course, it evolves as the show bloody does, as you know, we've really pinpointed. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a catalyst for, for getting it started. And that's why, again, I didn't realize until reflection with you that it took so long for the central character, to, even though she was like intrigued, I wouldn't say she was obsessed. Yeah. Then the obsession begins. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, so now that's done. Kurt, what's been in your eye this week? So what's been in my eye is actually one of yours that you normally do. It's actually been in my ears. Okay. Um, I have a podcast that I really love. Um, it's actually the first podcast I subscribe to. Huh. Uh, and it went off the air a few years ago because uh, the person who was working on it is um, Nico Tortorelli, who is actually uh, one of the characters in Young Girl. And was in the gymnastic show. Oh, right. Make it <laughs> very, or break it. Very, very young version of him was in that. Um, okay. He, he wasn't the, he wasn't the, in, he was the boyfriend who was away and then the whatever came back or something like that. I'll and take she, your word for it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, he's got a podcast called uh, The Love Bomb. 
which uh, brings in people from his life or people that he's intrigued by that treat the world with a kind of um, loving sensibility, whether that means he's had a sexual relationship with them or whether that means because he's a sexually fluid, a kind of bisexual queer person, uh, men, women, uh, friends, uh, lifelong friends, people he's recently met, artists, all this kind of stuff. He's kind of just um, interesting people and talk about love in a way that is like you don't, it's not just an interview, it's an interview framed around love and people's definitions of love. But when the show came back, he's like, I miss you guys. But he went away to write a book of poetry uh, and uh, then uh, finish his um, biography, which is autobiography, which is essentially very playful with words. Uh, he, he does love this kind of spoken word element to it. Um, each episode actually always starts with a prayer that he whispers over. It's, it, I know this, Jane is really giving me some side eye or rolling of the eyes right now. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but um, it's Call not. a cringe. <laughs> I cringe it's, with he's, my he's, eyes. He's not a religious person. He's kind of one of those worldly spiritual people. Uh, is that better or worse for you? Or about the same? <laughs> it's like, you know, p- please protect like my family. And like, it's infinitely better. Like, it's trying to put. Slightly, slightly better because you don't believe in like a man in the sky it's 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 like wanting to put positive energy out there in the universe for the people that he loves and has encountered that's sure but it's literally just like 20 seconds but it's edited really well and overlaid on top of each other so the sound is quite interesting in the production but um it was very um interesting hearing a chapter from his book um as a return from the podcast i'm not sure if he's now fully returning to the podcast i hope he is uh but there's a whole back catalog history of it and it's a really interesting kind of half an hour time of different kind of characters that you don't really realize it might say a lot about nico who's a very interesting individual um who's been sober i think for several years um uh but you know is all these tattoos and fascinated with drag queens and really um on a queer level um you know on the forefront of not being ashamed or um bowing down to the will of producers in terms of public image you know because this was around the time that um marriage was being legalized uh nationwide in america um so it's um it's a very I would say it's quite an educational experience because you hear from different sides of people from different walks of life and in different journeys. Um, and it's framed around the concept of love. And since I have never been in love with someone romantically, I'm always curious to figure out what the fuck that word means. Um, it's interesting. Love bomb podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's good. Um, in my eye this week is that I caught up on Cloak and Dagger. I started catching up on Cloak and Dagger. I'm only like uh, a few episodes away from the end of season one. Oh, did you? Ever I never season finished one? season one. I only oh, watched shit. like the first two episodes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, so I saw the the um, the trailer for, for Runaways, Runaways, and where I was they like, the, yeah. I gotta catch up on that. And <laughs> yeah. and and we'll find out why why Tandy and Tyrone might be going there. Yeah. So I caught up on the second season. Um What do you think? I enjoyed the first season more. Mm-hmm. Did I? <laughs> I I didn't like the beginning of the second season. Okay. Um I enjoyed the second half of it a lot better. Um I think the difficulty is that they spend a lot of time in the second season really delving into the psyches of the two characters of Tandy and Tyrone um, uh, as part of the plot. It's, yeah. it's a major part of the plot that they keep going into their um, their memories and into their insecurities. And the fact um, that he can see other people's fears and she can see That's not them. related to this uh, particular okay. thing. Okay. Okay. Um, but <laughs> uh, things evolve and develop. It's right. a whole thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> But we spend a long time doing that, and I felt like it got a little bit repetitive. I felt right. like I could have done with one less sequence of what they were doing. Yeah. Um, 
But there's some really interesting episodes in there. I find it interesting that they um, go very literal with the um, the Voodoo aspect. Right, okay. Um, so Yeah, I, I only chat kind of just started seeing that. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be an element of it because it's New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. 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 So, they, um, so they take that very, very literally, particularly in the second season. It's not just, you know, the idea that maybe um, – this belief system has something to it. They go into the specifics and they, they go and they like, they like meet a, a Voodoo God and it's, it's all very oh, like, okay. um, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so I, I, it kind of took me aback when they first started doing that. Cause I was like, that wasn't kind of what I was expecting out of this, but because you didn't think it was that kind of universe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now that I'm kind of leaning into it, I think it's kind of cool. I'd love to learn a little bit more about um, how they researched that and who okay. wrote it and yeah. to, to find out about whether or not their depiction of it is accurate, you know, accurate or respectful at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, and, and just to, you know, do a little bit of, of that. Cause it, it seems really interesting to me, but also just so different to have um, that overt, answer to you know it's these not, kind of things that you're meant to be more question and and up to interpretation yeah. and not know if it's really real yeah. for the audience to decide but like no here's the answer and and you know it would make sense if you know some characters were like oh yeah of course it's voodoo and for tandy and tony to be like yeah sure right whatever yeah. but no they're like they okay. they just have to go along with it they're like yeah okay we've we've got we're a, talking to a voodoo god now yeah we've got a treat with what's his face to get what's his face's soul out of it okay fine <laughs> all right do you know i guess they're really leaning into comic stuff these days i'm not saying that one in particular yeah but i'm saying in terms of each comic has its own kind of universe and beliefs and yeah, kind of yeah. like system whereas a show like the runaways lent away from that in terms of you didn't have literal gods and the beast uh, the center of the planet yeah they didn't they didn't do the gaborum the the same way um uh, to try and give it a bit more of a sci-fi element that was a bit more digestible i suppose yeah. to uh, audiences who don't read comic books all the yeah, time yeah they made it more alieny which is also in the runaways yeah comics. um yeah yeah it is it is um but um in a different way um but then um to hear that a show that is not actually originally that spiritual. They were just, you know, uh, homeless teens who were experimented on in terms of like heroin addiction and there's stuff like that. There's a really like funny joke about that. Like, oh, okay. oh do they do that? Oh, cool. Anyway, there's a joke about it, but yes. <laughs> um, uh, which doesn't really have this rich spiritual connection um, in, in, in their original character history. Um, so I'm not sure if there have been newer versions of the characters that have been written in uh, other universes or uh, parallel Earths or, or something like that. Or if it's like just that. the case that the writers went, you know what, the story is set in New Orleans and we're like going lean to lean into that yeah, and, and actually, actually pick up the flavor of the city and so imbue it into the show. Is it, is it good in terms of the people who have been involved and, and uh, the representation from what you could tell? Or I, I haven't really done sure? the research. Oh, so I, I don't you know. want to. Sorry. I, I haven't had sure. a chance. I only, I only did this last weekend. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I need to do some kind of research and, and work that out. My, my favorite thing that I've seen so far, actually, I did cry when this happened is, is when he was uh, sewing the beads on the cloak for his um, brother's one that mm -hmm. he didn't finish. And like, what a way to actually kind of bring his name into the show. Uh, it was a bit corny, but I did cry. It Fair was, enough. I mean, like with everything that's been happening in the world lately, you can't really just look at a cop shooting a kid uh, like that and think. I mean, not I'm affected. not one to speak. I have cried twice in TV shows in the last two weeks, <laughs> and this really? is me talking. Wow! Yeah, I texted you about one of them. 
Oh, yeah, you did. You did. You did. I don't remember what it was. It was Anne with an E. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Season three. Season three, yeah. episode two, yeah. made me cry. And then I was watching <laughs> something else later that week and I can't quite remember what it was. But, but I think you were surprised that it made you cry, weren't you? Oh, can't, yeah. Yeah. Both times I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah, Jade. I think you Can messaged me being like, settle down. Please? It was just like, what is coming from my eyes? Something's going on with my face. I was like, who gave you the right to make me cry? This doesn't happen. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I think that's probably all we have time for today. Yeah, probably a little bit shorter. Um, uh, oh, no, this is about. We've been trying to make them a little shorter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little more to the point. Um, yeah. Before we go into our kind of social media plugs, I would just like to let you guys know that I recently appeared on an episode of Pop DNA. Um, and we were talking about the chilling adventures of Sabrina uh, as part of their Halloween special. Um, I'd like to say how cool it was, but I haven't actually recorded it yet. <laughs> But you will, it will be out by the time you listen to this. So go listen. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a really good time. Those guys do some seriously in-depth research um, on the TV shows or movies that they're discussing. So yes, much more in-depth than our brief production history. On the yeah, Wikipedia. I mean, that's that's the point. But they, they kind of look at the... Um, the the historical, political, social context mm, mm. around TV sh- around the, the creation of TV shows, and sometimes that involves going way back into the history of you know perhaps the mythical creatures that they're talking about. Yeah. Sometimes that's that's more about you know what was the TV landscape like when this show was made. Mm. So it's a little bit of both. Um, and yeah, I'm just really looking forward to to talking about that. And so I recommend you guys go over there and have a listen to that conversation. I'm excited. Uh, in the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe. That would be hugely helpful to yes. us. It would be really nice. Uh, and we know you're listening, so thank you for listening. Yes. Um, but also you could um, uh, follow us on our social media at MajorLookPod uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Instagram tends to be where we do a little bit more. Um, but also um, thank you so much um, uh, for going through my ramble today. I feel like I was a little bit scattered sometimes. Uh, a little bit. I mean, we but both But I was were. really... Um, struggling a little bit because I guess I've got a newer relationship with this show. Yeah. Um, to really pin down um, some of the reasons why this episode wasn't right. But I tried to not pick a wrong one and I still got it wrong. It's okay. It we, we always know sometimes with these limited series shows, it's yeah. even harder to pick an episode yeah. because everyone feels important. Yeah. Um, and yet all, all of them don't seem important because they are so serialized. So mm. it can be very tricky. So I, I respect the attempt um, and it's not your fault. It's, <laughs> it's the limited it, series runs fault. And I also, was going to say so, it's not you, it's me, but okay. Oh, no. I think it was the a little bit of the writers in terms of Bill's death. Yeah, yeah, you guys fuck that. Because if, if that wasn't was part of the episode, I think you may have had an easier time giving it a two. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for listening, and we will speak at you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Challenger, are you ready? <laughs> no, yes. Okay. Am I in the red or blue corner? Red. red. <laughs> Clearly very Clearly red. Clearly red. Okay. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.